right. If you're turning with me, we're going to turn to... I think I'm going to turn to Psalms 113 first. Is that what I told you? Today I want to talk to you about the plane. The plane. Psalms says over and over and over and over, if you read through the Psalms and you read the Psalms of David especially, it, it says in different ways, worded just a little bit different, but like, God the most high. God is the most high. God is the highest. God's above all the earth. You are high above all the earth. Um, Psalms 139 says, uh, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Um, Psalms 113, 4 and 5. I'll, I'll turn there. Psalm 113, 4 and 5. God is high. It says, the Lord is high above all nations. So he's over all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? So God is high. God's high above all the earth. He's above all the nations. God's, we see it all throughout scripture. References to God being high. So... I'm going to ask you a few questions. I liked getting y'all involved last week. It was fun. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and, and y'all just kind of, y'all can just kind of yell out the answer. But the answer is no one to every question I'm going to ask. Okay? Who's bigger than our God? Man, y'all are smart. Everybody got the right answer. Who's better? Who's smarter? Who's stronger? Who's wiser? Oh, yeah, I could preach to this. Getting a little bit of feedback going. Who sits above God? Who's higher than our God? Well, we could go on for a while. You get my point. No one or nothing is higher than God. God's higher. God's above. God's all-powerful. So God is high above everything. And He wants to land His blessings, His favor, His provision in your life. God wants a place to land. Will you create an atmosphere for Him? Malachi 3 says... That God says through Malachi the prophet, test me. It's the only place in scripture where God says, test me. He says, bring the tithes and offerings. He said, will a man rob God? And they're like, rob God? Who would not rob God? And he said, whoever brings their tithes and offerings, test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven. From up high and, and pour out on them. Romans 12 says, be you transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. So if we want to see a transformation, if we want to see a change in our life, I mean, I'm sure we could all see a change for the better. In some area, some person, some relationship, on our jobs, in our, there's some area of our life that we could see change for the better. Paul said, if you want to see a transformation, it starts with the renewing of your mind. 
If you keep thinking about things the way you've always thought about them, then you will keep doing things the way you've always done them. Nothing will change. You've got to change the way you think. You've got to allow your mind to be renewed. I heard a story about this uh, taxi driver. And this lady gets in the cab, and she's riding along, and they're coming up to the airport. He's supposed to drop her off at the airport. And she thinks he may be going to the wrong terminal. So she's going to ask him a question. And she just leans up from the back seat, and she taps him on the shoulder. This guy freaks out. Starts screaming and hollering and swerves off, jumps up the curb and runs through a giant plate glass window into the front of the airport. Security's running and freaking out. Nobody knows what's going on. The woman's terrified. She's screaming and hollering. Taxi driver's hollering and he looks around and then he finally calms down and catches his breath and she calms down and catches her breath and she's like, oh my goodness, what in the world? I, I just tapped you on the shoulder to ask you a question. What... What, what is wrong with you? Why, why would you freak out so bad? He said, I'm so sorry. It's, it's all my fault. I, I just freaked out when you tapped me because it's my old job. And she's like, what in the world does your old job have to do with it? He said, I've been driving a hearse for the last 25 years. <laughs> a little tap on the shoulder. If you don't allow your mind to be renewed, then the new things that God has for you and the new things that you're stepping into, it could cause a lot of destruction. It can cause a lot of damage. It could go from being a bad thing. It could go from being a good thing to a bad thing. I felt like when I was just thinking about that story this morning, God said that's a word for somebody that's here today. Some of you are in a new car, a new job, a new season, a new place, a new marriage, a, a new ministry. You're in a new season. And if you do not allow your mind to be transformed, then your past will sabotage your future. Allow your mind to be transformed. And today, I think you're going to think differently about some things. Look at Isaiah 55, 9. Isaiah 55, 9. 8. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is God saying. So, so God's thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. We have a high calling, Paul says. The high calling, what God created you for, what He's called you to do. The, you don't necessarily have to walk in that. It's not just a given. You have access to the mind of Christ. You have been given the mind of Christ, we like to say a lot, but the question is, will you use it? I mean, you, you've been given the mind of Christ, but that don't mean you use it. When I can look at you and see that you're struggling to do your job because your arm's not strong enough, and I can come up to you and give you a dumbbell. But if you don't use that dumbbell to get stronger, you go use it as a paperweight, you're still going to keep struggling every day even though you've been given what you need. 
to give you the strength. You've been given the mind of Christ, but if you don't use it, it does you no good. You've been given the mind of Christ. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes what makes sense to us doesn't make sense in the Spirit. You got to use it. Well, I want the planes. I want those higher thoughts and the higher ways. And, and I want more reach. The cool thing about an airplane is you can go a whole lot further, a whole lot faster. You can receive more stuff and stuff from further away. And you can, you can send stuff out and you can ride. I, I want those higher things landing in my life, if you will. I want to see the open windows of heaven. Ultimately, I want more of God. We talked about that last, either last week or the week before. We want more of God. I, my prayer for you guys is that you would have more of God in your life, in your world, that, that there would be more of God, whatever that takes. God, we want more of you. So what should I do? I mean, how do I get that? How do I get more of God? How do I get these things, these, the plane, if you will, landed in my life? Look at Malachi 3.1. I'm going to read it to you in the Message Bible. This is the prophet Malachi, and he's prophesying. And look what he says in verse 1. Look, I'm sending my messenger on ahead to clear the way for me. This is the opening act. He said, I'm sending John. He's talking about John the Baptist. This is the, he's sending him in, and this is Malachi prophesying about it. You know how like when a big band's coming up and they'll have like the opening act. It's like a little smaller band that comes on in front of them to kind of get the crowd warmed up and make sure everybody's there and get them all prepared for what's about to come. Suddenly, out of the blue, the leader you've been looking for will enter his temple. Clear the way. And then suddenly he will appear. People see the suddenly. But they don't see the clearing. John had to clear for a long time, preaching out in the wilderness and, and go through the steps of obedience. And they saw it when Jesus appeared. Everybody sees the suddenly. Everybody wants to be a part of the suddenly. Sometimes they miss the clearing. I want to lose weight, but I don't want to eat less. Hmm. I want a deeper relationship with God, but... I don't want to clear that 30 minutes before I go to work for quiet time. There's a clearing that comes first. So John came to clear the way. Yes, the messenger of the covenant of the one you've been waiting for. But who will be able to stand up to that coming? Oh, excuse me. I, I missed a line. He's on his way. A message from the mouth of God of the angel armies. Now this was 400 years before John was born. Malachi was prophesying about this. Turn over a couple of pages and look at Mark 1. Mark 1, 1. John steps onto the scene. This is what Malachi prophesied about. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets. What prophets is he talking about? Malachi. And then he's going to quote Isaiah. As it is written in the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face. 
which shall prepare thy way before thee. That's what we just read. And now he's going to quote Isaiah in verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. He was out in the middle of nowhere. He lived in the wild. He was a little weird. If you read and study the life of John, he's kind of a weird dude. He was way out in the wilderness, living out in the wild. The, the Pharisees and the religious people did not understand him or agree with him baptizing people. What, what was he doing? He was preparing himself and whoever God sent. Whoever God would send to him. Ever seen that movie, Field of Dreams? If you build it, he will come. Who will come? What? It started out as a voice. Who will come? What do you mean? If you build it. And then he starts mowing down the corn, mowing down the crops to build a baseball field. And everybody says he's crazy. What in the world are you doing? What? Why, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't... He had a higher purpose. It's a movie. But he heard a voice. And then what made sense to everybody else didn't matter. Prepare the way. That's what John was doing. Prepare the way of the Lord. Get ready. Make his path straight. Prepare people. Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Savior is coming. Now, John, if you go get a building in the city somewhere, get a couple of good greeters that are nice and friendly and, and get, a, get a worship leader that wears skinny jeans and has some hip haircuts so you could attract some young people in there and get a coffee bar up front and offer energy drinks. Because them young people, they love them energy drinks now. And you get a good sign. You need a good sign, and you're going to have to change what you wear. I don't know about that skin, whatever, what in the world you're wearing and eating. Keep your eating habits to if you weren't so weird, then you make it do something. You probably get some big crowds and some better offerings. All right? Nope. Verse 6. And John was clothed with camel's hair. See, I told you he's weird. And with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locust and wild honey. It's an odd diet. And he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me. The latchet of whose shoes, or the laces of whose shoes, I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Wow, that's some revelation. I mean, to us, we just read that, but for John to be preaching that before Jesus ever stepped onto the scene, I mean, he's coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. Jesus was John's cousin and was baptized of John in Jordan. Wow. That's a heck of a calling that John had. He got to baptize the Son of God. He got to baptize Jesus. And straightway coming up out of the water, 
He saw the heavens opened in the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So John cleared away or created a runway, if you will, for Jesus to land. Then God said, look at my runway. Look at that. He did it. I'm going to send a little extra. And God sent the, Holy, sent the dove, the Holy Spirit to land because John had prepared a place. He cleared the way. I'm going to send a little bit extra. And then right after that, we know that Jesus started his ministry. Jesus was, went straight into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. And then he started doing miracles. And that's what started it. His whole ministry started right then. I want to land a plane in my world. John cleared away or created a runway for Jesus to land. So he's an example. John can be an example for us or a model, if you will. We can look at him. A model of how to build a runway. I guess you could say John was a runway model. Man, he had the weird clothes. He, all right. Today, I want to get you thinking. Have you prepared a runway in your life? Is there even a place that God could land a plane? That God could land his power? Do you have a runway? If I sit at my house go home after church and, and I sit at my house, I can sit there and pray all day long for a plane to land in my backyard. And it's not going to happen. No plane's going to land. Why? I haven't prepared a place for a plane to land. There's nowhere for a plane to land. I haven't prepared a runway. So what should I do? Number one, build a runway. Or number two, go to a runway. Either I'm in the wrong place, so I need to figure out where I need to go and get up and go somewhere, or I need to build one where I'm planted. Don't pray for what you won't pay for. Well, that's tough. It's going to cut out a lot of our prayers. It, what if you said that I'm not going to pray for what I won't pay for? Hmm. God, move in power. But you've not created a place for his power to land. God, move in my finances. God, give me a job. Open the windows of heaven. But you haven't made a runway with your tithes. God... You will yield to the extent that you are willing to clear the field. Look at 2 Chronicles 16.9. I'm almost finished.
2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. To show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect or mature toward him. He's looking for a place to land. The eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro throughout the earth. Looking for a place to show himself strong. I want to show off. Where, where can I land? Where can I land this place? Who, who's preparing a way? I mean, who's gathering up? So where can I land? Where can I move? He's looking for a place to land. If you build it, he will come. Do you know the bigger the plane, the bigger the runway? You want to see a big plane, you got to have a big runway. NASA... Um, on one of the space shuttles that went out into space as they were coming back in to Earth's atmosphere, the plan was that they would land at Kennedy in Cape Canal. Their runway there is 300 feet wide and several miles long. And they have all the equipment and personnel and everything. That's where they were supposed to land. That was the plan. That was NASA's plan. Well, as the space shuttle was coming back into the atmosphere, they figured out that because of inclement weather, they couldn't land there. So they did all the calculations and made them drop in another place. And however, blows my mind how they figure all that out how they detach from a space station and drop into the atmosphere at the right place to go and land. Well, they switched the landing to Edwards. It's the longest runway in the world. It's seven and a half miles long. But that's a big change because uh, Kennedy, where they were supposed to land, is in Florida. Edwards, where they landed, is in California. That's a pretty big that's a pretty big difference. Do you know how many runways are in between California and Florida? I would say thousands. There are runways in almost every town. Even I mean, if you count the little bitty ones, and I mean, they're everywhere. There are tons of runways. So, so why would they skip over all those runways? Why did they skip all of those? Because none of those runways were prepared. They were either too small, didn't have the personnel, weren't ready, weren't listening, weren't all different reasons, wrong equipment. They weren't prepared to handle what NASA wanted to land. They couldn't handle it. It would have been bad for the astronauts. It would have been bad for the equipment. It would have shot off the end of the runway and exploded and burned it would have destroyed what they were trying to land because the runway couldn't handle it. Are you prepared to handle what God wants to land or would it crash and burn? If God gave you everything that you've asked for, if God gave you His power and God gave you an audience and God gave you 
all your heart's desire, would you crash and burn? Would it crash and burn? Or have you prepared your heart, your mind, your character? Can you handle it? Let me give you some a practical example of how to prepare. Doug saw an airplane circling. He's looking at me like I did. <laughs> you talked to me about this. Doug saw an airplane circling in the spirit called the Young Adult Ministry. And he got a vision for it. And he said, hey, it's something that needs to be started up here at New Horizon Worship Center for multiple reasons. And God began to speak to him, hey, a lot of our young people give all the time of their time and talents and treasures and, and someone needs to be pouring back into them and letting them know we care about them and we appreciate them. And then also for other young people that are coming in or that aren't so connected in ministry, a place for them to connect and to to get involved and to, to pour in. So God begins to speak to him. So he's got a vision of this plane flying around needing somewhere to land. So you know what he did? Started clearing a runway. Came and talked to me and Jesse about it and, and then started asking questions about that room that was slammed full of junk and needed construction work done on it and had air ducts hanging down and a unit that needed to be closed in and a load of stuff that needed to go to Blake House thrift store and and so started coming out here came out here multiple days this week last week spackling holes in the wall and cleaning out stuff and taking stuff to Blake house and working on his own he you know what that is that's called clearing a runway so that that young adult ministry plane would have somewhere to land so it wouldn't crash and burn he started preparing spiritually but he physically started showing up and doing the work to clear the runway now, the cool thing is he ran into some trees that were blocking that path where he saw it needs to be a straight runway. There's a couple trees that he couldn't cut down. He needed somebody to come in there and frame up, uh, frame up the boards around the air conditioning unit and hang some sheetrock, a couple things that aren't his strong suit. So I caught the vision, and I saw the plane too. So I went and bought materials and gave a little bit of time the other night and a little bit of time Friday whenever I could squeeze it in to do what? Work for free? No, help clear runway for a plane that we're going to see land and it's not going to crash and burn. That plane's going to land. And then I walked Ronnie in there and said, hey, what do you think? What do you think about this? This is what we're doing. This is the young adult room. And, and told him, the vision of the runway, if you will. And he gave me some thoughts on framing in the thing. Well, why don't you just shoot a wall over here? It was actually a pretty good thought that I hadn't thought of. It's a little, a lot easier way to do it than what I thought. And then he said, oh, and so then I can come in and mud it. And I'll bring my texture sprayer and blend it in with the wall. If you get it framed up and get sheetrock on it. Oh, so now he's offering to help clear the runway. Because he got the vision for it. I asked Ronnie, don't give your opinion on a runway that you aren't willing to help clear. That's aggravating. 
It's one of the most aggravating things. A lot of people want to give their opinion on the runway, but they're not willing to help clear. Now, you know why I asked Ronnie? Why I specifically walked him in there and asked him? Because he's helped me clear a lot of runways. A lot of them. Remodeling runways and ball field runways and stuff. And just like I thought, as soon as I showed it to him, he volunteered to help mud it and texture spray it. And I'm picking him to say that about, and I picked Doug to say that about, but we could have this same conversation about kids' space who were all up here redoing the set yesterday and up here working on to teach the kids. What's that? A runway for kids' ministry. you got to prepare a place to land. I was talking to this guy that he just couldn't get a date and he couldn't figure out why. He felt like he was prepared, but uh, just was praying that God would send him a wife and nothing and, and nobody. And so his buddy's like, look, I got a cousin. She'll probably go out with you. She's pretty hot. He said, first of all, we need to talk about why you think your cousin's hot. <laughs> it turned out he was from Alabama, so it was understandable. But anyways... Back to the story. I was just kidding. I apologize, Canaan. Anybody else that's from Alabama in here? I was, that was a joke. <laughs> All right. Back to the point. He said, I got a cousin. She's pretty hot. She'll probably go out with you. He said, okay. All right, set it up. He said, what does she look like? He said, this is a blind date. You don't get to know till you, till you meet her. You meet up with me Friday night. I'll talk to her. You meet up with me, and I'll take you over to her house to meet her. He said, okay. So the two buddies meet up on Friday, and the one guy whose cousin they're going to meet, he walks up and says, dude, you look horrible. He said, what? I ain't that bad. What's wrong? And he said, why would you wear those clothes? I didn't have time to change. You didn't shave or fix your hair or anything like and why do your eyes look so red and puffy? Well, I stood up all night playing video games. You didn't have time to get yourself ready or prepare to meet this girl, and you look like not that good. Like, come on, man. Let's go. I thought you said she'd like me. Okay, fine. Let's go. So on the way over there, the guy starts thinking. He's like, man, what if I see her and I don't like her? I mean, you say you think she's hot, but what if I don't like her? Well, if I don't like how she looks, or I don't want to date her, or I don't want to marry her, what do I, then what do I do? He said, well, I guess I'll tell you the old, old family secret. You just fake an asthma attack and run back to your car. You see her, and you don't like what you see. And he's like, man, I don't know how to do that. And he said, just start gasping for air. <laughs> Act like there's something wrong. Just run. He said, oh, that's genius. All right, I'll do that. So they go over there, and they... Knock on the door, and they, they walk in the house, and her mom lets them in, and dude steps into the house, and he's just waiting to see what this girl's going to look like. And she comes walking out of the bedroom and walks upstairs. They got a little balcony, and there's some stairs that come down. And she walked along, and he said it was like time stopped. And the ceiling fan was blowing her hair a little bit. She was beautiful, and he heard this soundtrack. I want to know what love is. 
want you to show me. She turns and looks down at him. She does. <laughs> and she runs back in the room. He said, wait a minute. old family secret. Sometimes the thing that you want doesn't want you. That's kind of hard to hear. Why? Because you haven't prepared. I wish something awesome would happen to me like it happened to John the Baptist, like baptizing Jesus. Have you spent a decade in the wilderness preaching and being made fun of and laughed at and walking in obedience and clearing the way and plowing, 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 pow, 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 plowing the path, making a way? No, we don't want to clear. That's hard. We want the suddenly Jesus appeared. Preparing the way. Yo, this stuff's small. Where's the big stuff? I feel like God called me to help with the ministry. You know, I notice a lot of times people come up to me and say, hey, feel like I'm supposed to help with the ministry. What can I do? And I'm like, oh, great. We need help weed eating to get ready for this ball tournament. I ain't talking about little stuff like that. I mean, what? What? I want to be involved in ministry. Okay, good. We need some help on the cleaning team. Nah, nah, that's not really what I had in mind. I'm talking about the big stuff. Mm-mm. That's the wrong heart. Big stuff, it's all small stuff. The cross, that's the big stuff. That's the big thing. God's got the big stuff that he wants to land in our life. The big stuff was what was done for us on the cross. I'm tired of clearing runways. Don't grow weary in well-doing. For you shall reap. Don't get tired. I've been clearing this runway for a long time. And I ain't seen a plane. I don't even hear a plane. And every time I ask, what am I supposed to do? God says, keep clearing the runway. Why? Because there's a big old plane that needs to land here. And the runway's not big enough yet. I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about y'all, and I'm talking about our church. And Don't get weary in the clearing. In fact, get excited. Because why would my instructions tell me to keep making this runway bigger and bigger and bigger unless there was something real big that needed to land here? It's not a crop duster. NASA's trying to land something. And you get what I'm saying. It's easy to get weary. Don't get weary. Let's close by reading Hebrews 12.1 in the Message Bible. Hebrews 12.1. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way or cleared a path, blazed a trail, made a runway... 
all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running. And never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Well, how? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Go over that story again. Look back at him. We just got to kind of go over it a couple weeks ago for, for Easter. But look at Jesus. You start to get tired. You start to get weary in the clearing. And weary. Oh, man. I, well, I got to keep cutting down these trees. And when's this plane ever going to land? And how many holes do I got to spackle? And how many weeds do I got to weed eat? And they're just going to grow back. And how Whatever it is that God's called you to do. Because the beauty of it is we're all called to do different things and play different roles. What part of the airplane is the most important? They're all pretty important. Go over that story again, and it'll shoot adrenaline into your veins. Let's pray. God, help us to prepare a way. God, help me in my life and us as a church to prepare a place for you to land the plane, to create an atmosphere for your presence, to create a runway for the plane of healing, to create a runway for the plane of your power and your glory. God, we want to be what you've called us to be. We want to walk in our high calling. We want to think with your mind. We want to go to a higher level so that no matter what circumstances are around us, we're good. We trust. We have peace and joy and hope and happiness and all the things that you promised us. God, thank you for speaking to our hearts and our minds. Transform the way we think. Let us see things from your perspective and not ours. God, thank you that there's nothing we could do to make you love us more and there's nothing we could do to make you love us less. Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for hope and freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.